everybody, and welcome to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave Sterling and our new addition to our show, Dave Stevens, who was on the show last week, and we decided to keep him on because we like him. And we actually had a lot of people, you know, you know, on Twitter and uh, social media saying they like Dave, right? Right, Dave? Right, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot I of I think it's out of, well, I don't know, really, really know which Dave you're talking about. Uh, the other Dave. I, I'm assuming it's, yeah. I yeah. Um, it might be so, pity, though. Yeah, a little bit. So, but we actually decided to uh, keep Dave on because Dave's kind of going to be our stat guy and going to chime in a little bit. Um, it's really hard to uh, look up stats and look up things when we're trying to talk about stuff. And Dave actually last week was really good about getting us information. So we decided, hey, what the heck, we'll add another person to the show and make it more interesting. Yep. So today we're at Steel Toe Brewing in St. Louis Park, um, enjoying some of their fine beers. Uh, Dave and Dave each have the... Was it the? Um, it's the provider. The provider, which is their, it's a gold nail. Yep. And it's kind of their mainstay. Really good stuff. I have their Brewer series uh, Pilsner, which is fantastic. Um, Steel Toe has been around, I think, for about, I think, five years now, and they've expanded their uh, outfit out here. They used to be just a small little brewery, um, not really many places to sit. They've now expanded. They have an extra room. They have outdoor spe- uh, seating now, which. We're sitting in to do this podcast, so um, they're located in St. Louis Park, Raft 100. It's not that far from downtown, so it's a nice little brewery. Yeah, I actually used to work in an office building that's, you know, mm. two blocks from here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish this place existed then. Well, I, I mean, Dave uh, Stevens knows this. We lived in northeast Minneapolis for how many years? Like three to five years? Four years. Four years. And that was right before the craft beer explosion. So we moved, we moved out, and then all of a sudden, Dangerous Man comes in. All of a sudden, and we're like, what the hell? We think of it. all these places we could have gone to back in the day. We got know? out of there just in time. Dude, man, think of the places we could have gone back in the day. It would be great. Yeah. Now we're stuck driving these places. Yeah, we don't mind. So, um, Like we said on a previous podcast, we're going to try to do a new brewery every when we do this podcast every two weeks. Um, we've done Omni now, or Omni now, we've done now Steel Toe here. Um, we'll try to get some other places around the West Metro, uh, hopefully. And if push comes to shove, there's always my garage, which has been fine, or Dave's basement, yep. which was fine in the first podcast. So let's get into talking about the last two matches since we were on the air last. Uh, the first mass match was against San Jose. That was a victory. Um, was it not a victory? I thought San well, that Jose was the really bad. San Jose was the really bad game. Oh, San Jose was the bad game. That's right. The one before that was L.A. L.A. was L.A. Uh, we yeah. lost, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't say. You know, I think ultimately anybody that thought we were going to win the game against L.A. Mm-hmm. was completely delusional. They were second in the league at that time. We were third from the bottom, or sorry, second in the conference. Yeah, uh, we were third from the bottom. You know, they have, we talked about on the podcast before, they have some great players, really good quality. And, you know, just going in midweek game, short rest, not really having all our pieces um, due to injury, due to suspension. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone thought we were going to win that game. And, you know, coming out the way we did, I, I thought, I was expecting it to be, I think my, my estimate was, it's gonna be three zero at half. You, it was two zero at half. Yeah, you did say. I remember you saying it was gonna be three zero at half, and I, I recall saying I don't know if it's gonna be that bad, but it was two zero at half. So. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, the so they 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 did it for me. You know, I think in terms of in terms of the matchup, uh, I mean, on paper alone, uh, when you look at goal score, goals allowed, it should have been two uh, zero. Yeah, and the outcome should have been. And so, for me, you know, at that point, LA had allowed a goal and a half a game. But we only scored 1.3 goals a game. So maybe we might have scored a goal. Uh, and at that point, we had been allowing two goals a game, and L.A. was scoring 2.4 goals a game. So very clearly, just simply on paper, it should have been 2-0, maybe 2-1. Well, and, you know. looking at the match stats, which Dave has given me, they had 29 shots. 29 shots to R7. They had seven shots on goal to R3. I mean, this could have been a lot worse than it actually was. It, it, it could have been. And, it, you know, that's it's been kind of our entire season has been kind of luck where we end up facing opponents who can't finish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the thing that I take away from that game, uh, which we'll probably discuss more, is, is our captain uh, made the... <laughs> Two egregious errors that cost us it. Well, let me preface that by saying, while these games were going on, uh, you pretty much texted and said, "Calvo is he shouldn't be in the game. I mean, he shouldn't be on this team anymore." Yeah, I mean, and I hate to say that because I think he's a good guy. He likes the Twin Cities. He likes the team. Uh, You know, and I think he's got some very good talent. He doesn't play center back um, per se for Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. He plays the left side of the center back in a five man. Okay. So he's he's much more of a left back in, for Costa Rica. When he played at Saprissa prior to coming to Minnesota, he was a left back. So his skill set is designed for a left back. He's a finesse player. He's very good on the ball. Mm-hmm. And it, he's not exactly someone who's going to step up and challenge a player, you know, in the air. And obviously, a center back has to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, he's he's pretty good with his feet. We've seen it, you know. Um, Hold on, he's good with his feet. Now, there was a play on, on the on the back line there where he wasn't good with his feet at all. And I uh, think, and I and I think what he was trying to do, he was trying to make sure they didn't get a corner kick on it. But at that point, who gives a shit? He should have just kicked it out of bounds and gave him the corner kick. Yeah, that that was the that was the San Jose game. Okay, yeah. And I wanted to bring that up. So let's come back to that one. Because, yeah, he is generally good with his feet. Yeah. Uh, You know, there was a game last season where he brought the ball into the box and he managed to do a 360 around a guy and put the ball in for a perfect pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't don't think we scored on that, but he was just, it's phenomenal. And he can do that stuff. He does it on a regular basis. Uh, He's very good moving forward. But that's not a good quality in a center back. Yeah. Unless you have a five-man line, you can get away with that a little bit. That's not how Adrian Heath wants to work. And honestly, I don't think a five-man line is a good fit for us anyway. Uh, and, and so, you know, he had he had the terrible error that went off the post. And then he had uh, another terrible error that ended in a goal. And then another terrible error that ended in a goal. So he was he was responsible for... Literally, all, all the scoring, all the scoring, yeah, all the close chances he was responsible for. Mm-hmm. I mean, giving up a header to a guy 
that's five foot six. Yeah, that play was a bad play too. I mean, it's just well, you should you be able to tell. you should be able to outmuscle the guy. Yeah, and it, you know, I think people have said he's going to the World Cup. He's probably watching himself. He's probably trying to be careful. Mm-hmm. I get that. I see. I understand what he's trying to do, but that's not how you're supposed to play a game. No. You're you playing. take your chance, and if you get hurt, then you get hurt. That's you're the way playing, shit goes. You're playing for United right now. You're not playing for your national yeah. team right now. You know, May 29th, when you head off to play with Costa Rica, yeah. that's when you start playing for Costa Rica. Exactly. I, uh, so, we pretty much can blame... Can we blame both losses, then, on Calvo? Or were there other guys who kind of were not doing what they are supposed to do in the last two games? Uh, you know, well... You can blame basically all the goals on on Calvo, but yeah. at the same time, you know your defense allows goals. So you should be able to score. You should be able to, yes. Um, you know the San Jose game was incredibly frustrating because we had I don't know how many shots that were just kind of like errant. Mm-hmm. God knows where they're going. Alexi Gomez had two of his own. Um, I know Cal or Ibsen had for sure one where they just got him over the. Over the goal, and it wasn't even close. Got a little too excited. Yeah, and it's it's like those are the types of decisions that you don't want your attacking players. First off, Ibsen isn't an attacking player; he shouldn't even be down there, um, in my opinion. But you don't want your players making those shots because yeah. they're not they're incredibly low percentage to begin with. Mm-hmm. So you know, put the ball in the box if you think you've got a shot, or if it's open, just put the ball in and see what happens. Yeah, don't take a shot from 30 yards out and pray to God it goes in. And that's basically what the entire last 20 minutes of the San Jose game was. But you think that's because of... Well, Ramirez has been out, what? Ramirez was out last game, right? uh, Ramirez was back in last game. Okay, but he was was out out for LA. Okay, so you think that game was because Ramirez was not there... They were taking some shots they normally wouldn't take because they don't have their finisher in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite possible. Ramirez's uh, role in the team has changed considerably this year. Uh, I don't know that it's by design necessarily, but for whatever reason, he's kind of become that that cog in the entire attack where mm-hmm. the ball gets placed to him and everyone pushes and rotates around him. Yeah, yeah. And so whether or not he puts the goal on frame isn't really an issue this year because it's just kind of helped the attack focus. And, yeah, with, you know, in L.A., we didn't have – I mean, we had no forward. No. So I think I think that's a big issue there um, for why we were kind of just not doing anything. Now, mm-hmm. with San Jose, I think a lot of those shots are more recognition of they shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. Yeah. And – it's toward the end of the game, and they're just getting desperate. Sure. I I see Dave provided me the the Audi index for um, the, San, the, San, the San, San Jose game. And now some people don't like the Audi index. I like the Audi index. Um, Francisco Calvo had a negative 409. <laughs> and now some people don't like the Audi index because it's kind of arbitrary scoring. Yeah. But... I think if you if you click on the players and actually see their stats, it's actually pretty incredible um, mm-hmm. breakdown of what they're doing. Whether the points you know that they end up getting in the end, you know, whatever. 
But if you have a negative 409. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, if you look at the team of the week, that's how they decide the team of the week, player of the week, is with the audio index. I think the team of the week guys are usually around, I'd say, like 500 and Mm -hmm. up. So he was almost negative the score that you'd be for. So he'd be like the top player. He'd be in the uh, worst team of the week. So if they did a worst team of the week, he'd be in there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and it, you know, I did this. I went through, and I didn't note, which was stupid of me. I went through and I averaged out his his uh, Audi index for the season, and he's actually not doing that badly. Okay. It, it, well, that was before that game. <laughs> um, it was three. His score was like three ninety five or something like that. All right. And it, I think. I mean, I I'm not going to go through the entire. Yeah. League and try to figure out the average Audi index. And I bet maybe somebody that has cool press credentials has that data. Somebody's got uh, it. Yeah. But I would think based on what I've seen from the from the team of the week data, three nineties, that's a pretty solid middle ground. Okay. You know. So he's been doing overall, he's been doing fine until San Jose. But he has these mistakes. Yeah. I mean, even the L.A. game, his score was actually, he was one of the top defenders in the game. Okay. Based on the Audi Index. Uh, yeah. And if you looked at the stats calculated into it, you could see he did very well, except he had two massive glaring errors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would have probably been team of the week had he not made those errors. Yeah, so he's at 456. Yeah. That's not bad. And, it, you know, I mean, I think... It's, it's one of those things where we have to, as a fan base, going back to the conversation we've had on almost every podcast, yeah. trust the process of what's going on. Well, and you're saying, and your point was, maybe he's playing a little bit uh, back because of the fact that he is going into the national team here. Right. And so that's why he's playing that way. So what, he's going to the national team on, what, May 29th? I think it's the yeah, 20th. Okay, so we have a couple more weeks of him, and then he's out. Right, for at least a month. At least a month. So maybe when he comes back, he'll be better. And maybe this right. is just a blip. Maybe this is just a... Exactly. I'm going to the national team. I don't want to get injured. I just want to play out the string here and just be done with it and then go to the national team, do what i got to do, and then come back, and I'll be fine when I come back. Right. And, it, you know, and we can obviously have a, a philosophical conversation as to how shitty of an idea that is. Well, it's a terrible idea. But... I get it. You know, I think Adrian Heath is saying, look, he's making the argument I just made. His Statistically, mm-hmm. he's actually a solid center back. Mm-hmm. He's made some really glaring mistakes. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the role of a center back, you make a glaring mistake, and it's almost always going in. It's going to cost you. Yeah. yeah. If you consider the fact that what was – Dave, what was the number of chances that in that article where uh, he had been credited for? We're, we're for, referencing for mistakes. A, yeah, he we're had referencing six mistakes. A, six mistakes. Six mistakes. So we're referencing an article uh, from E Pluribus Unum. Um, they said that I could use it. Um, so they they did this uh, breakdown of all the defenders and how they how their actions influenced goals. And so Calvo had six mistakes that led directly to a goal. 
this season. That's so he's led he's six he's, mistakes to goals. So yeah, and he's by far the worst on the team. The next closest is Boxel. No, Boxel's good. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> next closest is Jerry. Sorry, uh, I just, we had this argument. What on does Boxel have? Actually, I've never even looked. He's not even on the list. Look at that. Oh, sorry. We had this argument because he, I, he's been paired. Okay. Kelville and Boxel, one one mistake. Sorry, I just that goal that he. I mean, <laughs> I, it was Kelville's fault, but Boxel could have done something too. You know. Well, and that's the that's the thing. I like this. I like this data because I have a feeling that goal is that one. Yeah. That uh, it it really, I don't know who did it, and I, I wish I could give him credit for it because the analysis on this article is. He has. Boxel has yet to make an individual error this season, but has contributed three. Yeah, so he's contributed three. Yeah. And, it, you know, I don't know what their definition of contributed is. Well, then he's done something to... Is that like half a sack? It's like that's probably like half a sack. Yeah. So he missed a tackle, and then somebody else missed a tackle, and he contributed to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, I get it. Adrian Heath is saying, look, his statistically, he's been pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. So we're keeping him on there. Now, people are arguing, well, why isn't Kelman playing? Well, why isn't he playing, though? We don't know because they There's nothing from Heath that says that. So it's one of those things where I think people are blaming Heath for keeping him in the game, and I think it's actually coming from above. I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I think this is the front office saying, Adrian, you keep Calvo in the game Mm -hmm. because he needs fitness up to World Cup. And if he has a breakout World Cup, mm-hmm. yeah, he's our captain, but we might be able to cash in. Sure, sure, sure. And I think that has a lot of influence in this. Oh, I hope you're right, man, because he's obviously not doing – I mean, the last couple games, he hasn't been doing what he's supposed to be doing. And that's no. that's the problem. I mean, right. like you said, center back, if you if a bad game – you have a bad game, the whole team has a bad game. So. Right. And, it, you know, I mean – we could we could talk about the San Jose game with you know a penalty in the first two minutes and that had absolutely nothing to do with Calvin. No, it didn't. So, you know if you if you look at that and you say, well, you go down a goal within two minutes, that changes the entire complex complexity yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't even his fault. No. Now of course goal two was. <laughs> goal two was. <laughs> so, yes. but, you know, I, it is what it is, I guess. Well, yeah, I. I don't know. I'm hoping that what we talked about is true, that he's having a bad couple of games because he's going to the World Cup. I mean, that's I, yeah. that's what I hope. You know, I think... Because who uh, do you replace him with? Yeah. Well, well, well I mean, when, when he's gone to the World Cup, who's going to be in there for him? Well, what's funny is you generally think it's Kelman. Yeah. Uh, but now last week, Adrian was asked, like, what's he doing to prepare for this? Mm-hmm. And... It, Almsberg and Kelman are being prepped. So something tells me there's something up with Brent Kelman. Yeah. And, it, you know, he's he's a hometown boy. We had this conversation about Miller. Well, yes. And, yeah. it, you know, he's been with the team since NASL. Mm-hmm. People really like him. And I think he's, I, I mean, I think he's good. Yeah. I, I don't know that he's starting material, but he's good. But the fact that... Adrian won't even give him the time of day. Yeah, it's it's telling me that there's more going on. I mean, it might be just me reading into it, but it seems like there's more going on that we just don't see in the practice. Do you think Kellerman's one of those guys who they brought over from NASL because he was a local guy? They said, oh, some goodwill from our NASL days. 
we'll bring him over. And then when Heath got here, Heath was like, well, I'm not going to do anything with him because I don't think he fits what we're doing here, you know? I mean, it could be. You know, I think people speculated that with uh, Ibarra, too. And it, at the same time, you know, Ibarra kept isolated to the left mm-hmm. all last season, and he barely got minutes. Yeah. Well, split between him and Sam. And um, this season, he was forced, Adrian was forced to play him away from the left side. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, he doesn't belong on the left side. So now Adrian's playing him all the time because he should be because he mm-hmm. doesn't belong on the left. He's not playing on the left, and mm-hmm. he's producing. I think, I think it could be one of those instances where, with Kelman, where he's just, just not getting the opportunity. Sure, sure, sure. And again, I think that goes back to Calvo is becoming a potential moneymaker mm-hmm. with the World Cup. We don't care the mistakes he's making. We don't care. Statistically, he's good. We need to keep him fit so he has a good World Cup. Come back. Comes back ready for us. Mm-hmm. Or someone wants to pay for us. Pay him. Yeah. And, it, and it, that's, I think that's the big thing. Kalman's not getting minutes because of that. Okay. Kalman's not getting the opportunity to show that he deserves to be in the start. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see how he does when Cowboys go. Right. Potentially. I mean, we'll, we'll probably find out next week. Yeah. Because, right, what date is today? It's the, what is it today? The 15th? 19th. It's the 19th today? <laughs> You're off by four I'm minutes. Not the, uh, <laughs> I'm screwed up, man. I'm screwed up. Yeah, so the, the 19th to the next game. Next game is the, the 28th. Or, oh, God. Can't do math. No, it's the, it's uh, the 26. 26, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Calvo is in there. He for might a... be. I bet he'll play the 26. So I bet the it'll be the next, of course, Kansas City game. Yeah, third, yeah. Right? Yep, June 3rd. June so 3rd. June 3rd will probably be the first game that we don't have. Okay. And that's is that here or at Kansas that's City? That's in Kansas City. Okay. So that's in uh, Kansas City, KC. And that's one of those things. That, yeah. You know, let's go back to schedule. Yeah, I mean, so we play Kansas City tomorrow. Yeah, and it, we play Montreal. Montreal comes here, mm. and then we turn around. Yep, Montreal comes and here. Head to Kansas City. Yeah, it's just like come on, it makes you no sense. You can't schedule seasons where we're not playing the same team twice. And what they should do with KC though, or Chicago, is I think they should have a home and away series where you do one up here one weekend, and then one down there the next weekend. Well, that'd be interesting. Because that'd be cool. I mean, they, they used to do that baseball. Well, right. And you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan. The Brewers are in town this week, weekend. So and they, they beat them last night. Last we'll not talk about that. that was, Gibson had a bad game. Uh, so, it really bad game. <laughs> that was a really bad game. Uh, so what they used to do with, with the Twins is it used to be they would play two or three games here, and then they played play two or three games in Milwaukee, like, right, right away. Sure. So you'd have people go to the games here and then go to Milwaukee and see the games out there. Sure. Why can't they do that with soccer? I mean, yeah. who is who's our like? Who do you think our rival is at this? I mean, point? I'd say it's Kansas City. Kansas City. You know, I mean, I think they're in the, the way they have the Open Cup set up mm-hmm. is that Kansas City's always going to be the first MLS team we're going to play. Sure, sure. So, you know, we already play them at least twice in a season. Yeah, we play three this season, three times, yeah. three times, and then we'll more than likely play them in Open Cup. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, there was somebody, oh, it was uh, Minnesota United actually had a, a Twitter post. It was like, for the, they joked, 
was for the uh, 4,000th time we're playing Kansas City. <laughs> because that's what it's kind of like. I mean, yeah. even when we were in NASL, we played Kansas, Kansas City, City because yeah. that's how the Open Cup set It's kind of – so – if it's, so if we're, if we're with KC, that's kind of our rivalry. Then who, who Chicago have as their rivalry then? <laughs> is it Columbus? I, I think it's considered Columbus. Really? I mean, I, I, don't, I mean they don't have enough fans. to. I, neither team has enough fans to determine yeah. that. So, I mean, maybe, you know, there was actually a discussion on the Major League Soccer discussion group on Facebook about this a couple weeks ago. And it no Chicago fans were really chiming in. <laughs> it was interesting, though, that... Kansas City, there was a sporting supporter that said he didn't know who their rival was. And I responded to him like, I mess up. Dude, Minnesota, you guys yeah. play us like four times four a times year. Four times a year, yeah, exactly. And it, and he was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really think like this. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, come on. Well, you know. I guess I'd rather have KC as my rivalry than Chicago because I'm not a big fan of Chicago Stadium. I like KC Stadium a lot better than I like Chicago Stadium. I yeah, mean, I mean, I haven't been to KC Stadium. I want to get... Well, like John and I were trying to go this year, but yeah. I don't know. With me going to D.C., I don't know that. Well, then he's got his lacrosse stuff every weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which right. is why he's not on this podcast again. Yes. Even though we talk about him yes. all the time. And by the way, we are all of us are going to his engagement party tonight. That's true. Six o'clock in Blaine. Uh, so we'll all be there, and we'll all be giving him shit about why he wasn't on the podcast again. Oh, and he's, uh, he's getting an Italian gift from me tonight. That's what he said. I, uh, you know, and it, obviously I'm, I'm part German. I'm almost half German. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, he talks about Germany so much. He does, yeah. And it, I figure, you know, Italy's probably Germany's biggest rival, I guess. They sort so of. So I, yeah, I'm gonna get him a bottle of Italian wine. There you go. Good, yeah. It's useful. It's good. You you and saw it's the, you saw the post yesterday where he printed out he had that from that <laughs> site and said yeah. here here are the odds of uh, who's gonna win the World Cup. And Germany is number one, but like ten spots down, they had Italy, and I'm going, yeah. "How's that possible? They're not even in the World Cup. How's it possible?" Yeah, how do you have a one point six? It was one point six percent. Yeah, one point six percent. It's like, how do you have a one point six percent chance of winning the World Cup when you're not even in it? Anybody in the World Cup has a better chance than Italy does. Yeah, I was. I just didn't understand that. Somebody screwed. Somebody up. screwed that. Yeah. I wouldn't. That was from that was from an investment bank. I wouldn't be doing business with that investment bank. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you're screwing up World Cup odds. And if it's a if it's a bookie, and that's a that, and that, the thing that gets me is that's a glaring, that's a that's a glaring mistake. Italy is a big World Cup team, okay? Yeah. If it was like Trinidad Tobago and he made a mistake at the bottom there, right. who cares? But Italy's a huge team, and everybody knows they're not in the World Cup this year. Yeah, I mean it's been news. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So. Do we have, getting back to the last two games, do we even have a man of the match for those two games? I mean, is there anybody you can think of? Oh, Darwin. <laughs> Darwin is the man I mean, of the maybe. Ramirez. Ramirez? Really? For San Jose. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's true. He had, he had a phenomenal goal. Yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. yeah Which, did. you know, it didn't make goal of the week, or it, well, it made voting. Yeah. It didn't win goal of the week. And it, I, I've gotten really into Twitter lately because I'm trying to. I'm trying to like push this podcast. Sure, here. and and so I'm starting to interact a lot with Minnesota United supporters on Twitter. And there's a major league, some guy from I don't know where. It was it was a he commented on the goal of the week Twitter post from Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. and he tried to tell me that that Ramirez's goal was absolutely nothing. He's like it's it was it was just a basic goal. 
Okay. And anybody could make that. Really? He's like my, I believe he said my 11-year-old. They always say that, though. And I was just like, I, at that point, I just stopped talking. Sure, and sure. Give me the acknowledgement. But it, it's not, first off, not every soccer player can bend a shot. No. I mean, the ball is designed to kind of gain that spin. Mm-hmm. But not every person can just walk up to a ball and kick it and get a ball to bend. Yeah. And on top of that, he made it. He managed to put just the right amount of power into the shot mm-hmm. to where it looked, it was it was over for three-fourths of its trajectory. Oh, yeah. And it just dove. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the, the guy that I was interacting with, he's like, oh, so he learned how to use gravity. I'm like, this is more than gravity. I'm like... It's aerodynamics, man. Yeah, it, it's it's understanding the distance to goal. And putting the right spin on it. And figuring out how much power you need to put on it to make it look like it's not going in. And then it goes in at the last second. Yeah, kind of like he did all of this in a split second. Yeah, Kind of like when uh, Dave Stevens uh, hooks a shot on the golf course, right? You do that on purpose, don't you? Of course, of course. <laughs> I think John, speaking of John, not to bring him up again, yeah. but I think he's better at that. Yeah, better John. at the hook. <laughs> he has a short hook on Okay, the, way Dave, the reason Dave brings this up is because long ago, were you standing like right next to him? No, I was standing like 90 degrees away from him. If he's okay. hitting a shot forward, I'm standing yeah. off to his right. You're off to his right, yeah. okay. Johnny hit a shot towards the, towards the pin that went 90 degrees to the, well, went directly to the right and hit, would he hit you in the head? Back of the head. Hit him in the back of the head. I don't know how he did it. I don't. He hit. He had to have just come on. Hit right off the toe of the club. Because it was. It was. It was like. It was like a. It was a lucky shot. You know. I mean. He was. He was just supposed to be a nice soft chip up to the green. Yeah. He hit it off the toe of the club and ninety degrees right into the back. Right in the back of your head. Yeah. I I had the dimple marks. In my head. I mean, that's. How do you do that? It's almost physically impossible. Because how do you? I mean, I'm a terrible, terrible golfer. Uh, I liked golf, but I'm terrible at it. But it's like you have to hit that ball at at such an angle, yeah, to be able to pop it directly. Well, he did it. He basically missed the ball by probably three inches and somehow mm-hmm. hit it right off the end yeah. of the club. And yeah, it, and he hit. He was swinging hard enough that it just had enough on it just to did, go straight. Yeah. Out. Did he hit? I mean, did he have a a pretty good divot? No, not at all. <laughs> so he didn't even hit the ground. I didn't. I wasn't focused on the divot, but he. I don't. He couldn't have gotten much of the ground. He had to have gotten all ball. It's edge it's, of the ball. I just see? love. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. He learned how to play with gravity, though. See, that's the way it works. Um. So, man of the match for one game was Ramirez. And I, I would say Quintero's. Quintero is the next one. Yeah. Okay. And it, you know. I think he's going to be in the he's going to be in the discussion for man of the match pretty much every game. Pretty much every game, yeah. Because, uh, like I said, even San Jose, I you could argue he was man of the match for that game. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah. And it, you know, eventually, they have got to figure out how to play with him. Mm-hmm. Because every single game he's been in, it doesn't matter. Even, even if he's just having a very average game. None of the defenses have been able to figure him out. Not yet, no. And it, if we can just if we can just focus on how to harness that by the rest of the team, that's gonna take some time, though. Yeah, I mean, you it's, can't a piece like that. You can't put somebody in there like that and expect that the team is gonna 
grow up around them right away. Right. And we talked about this before. I, I look at it as the Michael Jordan comparison. Jordan comes in as a rookie. The first couple of years, I mean, the Bulls had to kind of get up to his, a little bit below his level to make it work right. for the whole team. You know, yeah, he could score 40 points a game, but that wasn't helping him win. And right. Kentaro can do the same thing. Kentaro can score a goal a game, but we're not going to win those games. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is because nobody else is playing up to his standards. Yeah. Man of the match, Ramirez. Man of the match, Quintaro. So, um, let's see. What do we got next? Who we got? Well, we are doing this podcast today on Saturday because we have a game tomorrow. <laughs> Every time we try to fix the schedule, the, the MLS Well, we can't really fix it. This is the problem. We can't really <laughs> fix the schedule because the MLS scheduling is so screwed up. Yeah. It's Saturday here, Sunday here. We'll do a Wednesday over here. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Just make it one day. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we could look at tomorrow's game, right? Yeah. Who do you have tomorrow? So it's Kansas City. KC. That's right. That's right, KC. And they're at the top of the West, debatably the top of the league. I yeah. think they are the supporter shield right now, right? Atlanta has them by two points. Atlanta, two. which we've talked about on this podcast before numerous times, who went out, and this is their second year in the league, and guess what they're doing again yeah. with those three guys they paid money for. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, look at KC. I mean, they're two points behind Atlanta, apparently. Mm-hmm. But they pretty handily beat Atlanta. Yeah. What was that, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And KC hasn't spent a lot of money. No, and they've kind yeah. of, KC went through like a, they were good for a while. Yep. And they kind of went through a dry spell for a little bit. And it, they've been riding their defense. Yeah, and they've reloaded. Yeah. Well. You know, now they're just a, just a really strong team. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say I have a hell of a lot of faith in this game tomorrow. It's at home, though. Yeah. And I'm hoping they're pissed off about their performance last week. And you know they all want to hear Oasis at the end of the game. Exactly. Because we all do. I mean, it's my favorite Oasis song. Yeah. I kind of like to sing. <laughs> um, and I don't know if anyone around me likes to hear me sing it. But well, you're not in the sports <clears throat> section, though. You're over yeah. kind of the other side where the people kind of are like not real fans. Yeah, no, it's not necessarily true. Well, Maybe true. Maybe. Well, a lot of the people around your section, though, are kind of like just... There. Yeah. I mean, they're not really, like, into the game. They're not supporters. They're not supporters. Yeah. They're just there to watch a game and have a couple of beers and eat a hot right. dog and maybe, you know, yeah. cheer a little bit. But they're not in there to kind of get, get going. Yeah, you know? exactly. I've noticed that throughout. I mean, we sat. I sat with you. I sat I sat near the supporters section one game last year with Nelzy, And that was actually, that section was actually kind of into it. And I sat in a game with Dave Stevens with you kind of near uh, the other side of the sports section, too, and that, those section was into it. But once you get down to your side, over on the other, kind of the other end, it kind of gets a little bit, I don't know, I, I, what would you call it? It's, you know, I think it's pretty typical sports fan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you're right. I, I think there are, there are a handful of people in my section who are like me, who are just too lazy to be in the sports section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into the game. Sure. And I, without a doubt, will try my hardest to get people to chant the Minnesota Black and Blue chant. Okay. But nobody does. They look at me and say, and basically have the look of "shut up, please." I think I was actually <clears throat> at a game with you last year, and a lady two rows behind it when there was a foul, she said, "Throw the flag." I was like, "There's no flags here. There's right, a yeah. card. Yeah. There's no flags. It's not that kind of football." Yeah, I think uh, the two guys that are behind me, mm-hmm. or maybe it's three guys. They, they seem to be, they're not like 
they don't get into it per se. Yeah. But they're they're very clearly soccer fans. Okay. They they understand the game. I think they might even play it to some mm. level. But yeah, the the people that are down my row. Yeah. They don't seem to be. They they seem to be that casual sports. They're fan. just there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something to do. Get outside, watch a game. Well, I'm, and my hope is that when they open the new stadium next year, that most of the stadium will be actual like. Fan fans. Yeah, you know, I think based on the prices, <laughs> yes. uh, I, I think it's going to price a few people out. Like, it it's going gonna, gonna to start. Well, The people that are going to pay the money are going to be the ones that really want to be there. I know you're going to be, well, you'll be at the opening game. Oh, yeah. Because you have season tickets. Yeah. I don't have season tickets. A lot of us don't. I think there's at least a couple of us who will be at that game regardless of how much it costs. Right. I mean, it's probably going to, Dave, I mean, you, you and I will probably go, but it's yeah. probably going to cost yeah. us at least... 100, would, 150 bucks, and I'm still going to pay it because I'm going to go to that damn game. Well, you know, if it's an evening game, mm-hmm. I might have to have a lottery for my two, other two tickets. Oh, so you got two tickets. That's right. Well, I give one to Johnny because Johnny always wants to go. I mean, he, des- he deserves it. Yeah, you know, I think there are people who missed the boat. I've seen that a lot mm-hmm. where in the last few weeks it's been like, man, I wish I would have gotten season tickets. Yep. Or, you know... Man, now I'm gonna have to pay a lot of money to go see games. You will, and it, you know, and those people are the ones that, you know, need to be at the games mm-hmm. because they're willing to spend the money to be at the games. Well, I'm willing to spend. I'm, like I said, I, that opening game, I'm willing to spend money to go to that game to be there when they open up that stadium. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited. I, I've already said that I'll, I will probably be a grown man crying. At yeah. That game. Yeah. Because it, it'll just be kind of an emotional experience to be able to that, see it. I won't go that far. Speaking of the stadium, let's talk about let's talk about what the mayor of Minneapolis said after the <laughs> Gold Cup announcement came out. So if anybody doesn't know, we're going to be doing the was 2019 Gold Cup. Yep. Uh, we will have the opening game here, and that will include the United States soccer team. Correct. And then there will be another game after that, which will not include the United States, but will be another two teams. So we're getting the opening games here at the new Allianz Field. Exactly. And if anybody doesn't know, the stadium is in St. Paul, like Midway. And Minneapolis wanted the stadium, but because of tax things and what, there was a lot of different things. They are going to put it at the farmer's market. Couldn't do it. St. Right. Paul jumped in and said, hey, we'll give you everything you want. They did it at St. Paul. And now the new mayor of Minneapolis is Fry, right? Right. He made a statement online saying, uh, you know, some tears in my beer, saying that they're going to have the gold cup and all this other stuff going on, and yep. it would have been great here, and you know, we're kind of sad about it. And I'm going, exactly. Minneapolis is stupid for giving that thing up. Yeah, they were. And, you know, and and he was he was fully in support of it on yeah. the city council. On the city council, yes. So, you know, he's, he's one of those people who can really sit down and say, damn it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did whatever I could. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the city council screwed it. Well, and their biggest cons- their biggest concern was infrastructure and taxes. Okay. Right. And my big argument to that was, okay, they wanted it to be tax exempt. Which I work in construction. I know what tax exempt means. It means right. you're not paying for taxes on materials you use to build a stadium, right? Right. But if you don't build the stadium, there's no taxes anyways. Right. So what's the point? You know, you're fighting for something, some money that you're never going to get anyway, so right. who cares? And then they were talking about infrastructure going, saying, we had to build infrastructure. I'm going, 
Well, that'd be good for your city, though. You're going to need the infrastructure anyways. And you think about what they could have had with it. That was the farmer's market. So you had the United Stadium here. Then you had Target Center here and Target Field here. You had a nice little metroplex of stadiums in downtown Minneapolis. Yep. I don't know how many other major metropolitan areas can say that. They have a nice little area yeah. of stadiums in, down t in their downtown. I mean... It, I, I, don't, I can't think of any. I Philadelphia think Atlanta's... Well, Phil, you're right. Philadelphia might. Atlanta's um, like that. Well, Lincoln... Atlanta, yeah, but Atlanta plays, they play right now at, are they building a soccer stadium? No, they're not. No, so they play at the, Yeah. so they, yes, of course, um, they have SunTrust, SunTrust Field and then the, uh, what are the Mercedes. Yeah. Right next to I other. think, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it, you know, you look at New York's. That's all in boroughs, so that's all. They're, yeah, of, they're all the boroughs, mm -hmm. and well, Red Bull's not even in New York, it's in no. New Jersey. Um, in KC, but, that's out out of the city. And Casey actually yeah. had a start to something like that. You know, if they had built a soccer stadium over where Kaufman and Arrowhead are at, they could have had something really great over there too. Right. But that's not downtown. That's out of the city. Yeah. This would have been in the middle of Minneapolis. Downtown yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, you're right. I, I can't think of a... I can't think of anybody else. Seattle is pretty close. They have Seattle? their baseball Okay, football Seattle football right next to each other. Next to each other. And downtown. Yeah. And then, well, soccer, of course, plays in the football stadium. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's true. Seattle... Is a good example. What about Colorado? Their soccer team. They're outside. Outside, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, Mile High Stadium, or whatever they're calling it now, um, but to is get, downtown. To get to my point, though, I, Minneapolis could have had a nice I mean, nice trifecta there, those yeah. three. And then, of course, you've got U.S. Bank Stadium down the street. Right. So you got all of them right there. But then St. Paul jumped in and said, hey, you know. You know what? It. Denver is a really good example. Okay. Uh, because outside of the Rapids, okay. um, Mile High, Coors, and the Pepsi Center are all, the, like, right. The Pepsi's where they play, is it the... Hockey. Hockey, yeah. okay. Where's the basketball stadium then? Is it a little farther off? Or is they, it the same? Is it they play, the same? I think they play the same, don't they? Might be. They Maybe play they hockey do. and basketball there? I, I guess they don't know. They probably do. Um, but Minneapolis could have had a great thing. Yeah. They decided yeah. they're not going to do it. Now St. Paul has jumped in, and St. Paul's going to reap the benefits of this. Oh, they will. But, but the funny thing is, Minneapolis is still going to make money on this whole deal. Oh, yeah. Because people are going to park in downtown Minneapolis and take the light rail over. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and it, as I mentioned, it's like the the Houston game. Mm -hmm. I paid $5 to park in Ramp A. Mm -hmm. It took me 20 minutes to get to yep. Target Field or yep. TCF. TCF Bank. And, it, you know, I could have stopped at Kieran's and gotten a drink before. Well, I could have stopped anywhere. Yeah, I, you know, and on the way back, I could have stopped at half a dozen different restaurants or bars. Or strip clubs. You could stop there, too. Yeah, you could have. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Minneapolis is going gonna, is gonna to see benefit. Not as much as St. Paul. Not as much as they could have. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the, the people who get smart on how to get to the stadium. Which, it'll, like I said, it'll be, they'll be parking ramps A, B, and C, and they'll be light railing it over there because yeah. I don't know where there's going to be parking in St. Paul. Right. Now, the River Center ramp, on the news, yeah, they yeah. had some concrete fall off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we got this soccer stadium opening up in half a year, in a, in a year, and now we got one of our major ramps that's got yeah. problems. Yeah, you know, John was saying how um, they they light railed to, what was that, Dad? Oh, the Twins game. Twins game, yep. And they, they got on at, at Midway, didn't they? Midway. Somewhere on that green. Yeah. Line. And okay. he said it was only 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. No, it's great. 25-minute ride to... From downtown Minneapolis to yeah. Midway? You can go anywhere. Yeah. 
And that's why Minneapolis screwed the pooch. Yeah. And, it, you know, since we're on that conversation with Allianz, I thought it was interesting how they announced uh, this week that Allianz Field has reached the $250 million mark for okay. cost. Cost, yeah. And it, I remember way back, it was supposed to only be $150 million. That's right, that's right. And so it, they've already added $100 million onto the price tag. And it, the cool thing about it, though, is it looks exactly like their plans yeah. previous. And Taylor Twelman's great guy to follow. He loves he loves Minnesota soccer because, you know, he grew up here. Apple Valley. Yeah, and you know, and his dad played for the kicks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he played for the kicks. Um, yeah. and it and so he was here for the unva- or the announcement for the Gold Cup. And he made a good point on Twitter about how Dr. McGuire has done a phenomenal job with the state. Yep. He said, look, I get it. They haven't put a lot of money into their players. Mm-hmm. But the stadium was supposed to be $150 million. It's now $250 million. Yep. It's all his money, or mm-hmm. all their money. Yeah. And on top of that, they're building a $30 million training facility. Yeah. So he's put, probably by the, at the end of the day, it's going to be $300 million into this team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The $100 million franchise fee as well. Exactly. Yep. That's right. $100 million franchise yep. fee. And so, at the end of the day, it's probably going to hit four hundred million. Yep. Of basically his money. Mm-hmm. And it, he said, and Twelman made the point. Look, Atlanta didn't do that. No. Arthur Blank. I was trying to research this, and I, I put some notes down. So the stadium, Mercedes Benz, ended up being one point six billion. It was supposed to be one point one. Yeah. And it, there's no evidence that Blank put any of his money into it. It was one point one million was financed, or one point one billion was financed through the. But it's going to be paid through the city suites and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then, six hundred million was on the basically on the backs of the taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they they were able to build a team Mm -hmm. because he didn't put any money into it. Well, and that's you know I think what he's going to do now is you're going to build a stadium, right? You're going to sell it out for the next couple of years. And then you're going to be able to expand your roster. Exactly. You know? I mean, that'll be the deal. You're going to use that money that you have, and you're going to expand your roster. Right. So, you know, I think that, that, that's a cool point that, that Taylor pointed, that mm-hmm. Taylor made. And then on top of that, he also made another point that, and it, maybe he's making a dig at D.C. United, but D.C. United's opening Audi Field mm-hmm. uh, in July or August, I think it is, which I'm going to go to. Pretty excited to just do that. But it looks nothing like the renderings. <laughs> so he was pointing out, look, not only did he put, McGuire put all of this money into it. Yeah. He actually is opening the stadium that looks exactly like the rendering. Yeah. And that never happens. No, it never does. The only, and it, honestly, the only difference, it's not entirely like the renderings. Because the rendering initially was the entire stadium was covered. Yep. And now the north end is going to be open. Open, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Screw the people. The li- I will say, the lighting package on this thing, because we, my company, I'm not going to say who I work for, but we actually did some pre-work on the lighting for the okay. stadium. We actually got to look at the plans and kind of put together a budget on the lighting. The lighting on the stadium is like top-notch, state-of-the-art shit. I mean, color changing. I mean, I don't know how many different color schemes you could have, because I didn't get into the details that right. much. But it was state-of-the-art and very expensive. 
Well, Very and it, I was reading, and maybe it was an article attached to Taylor's post. I read too much. That it's the first stadium in the world to use this technology. Yes, that's right. And so it's going to look... It's interesting because it's supposed to look a lot like Allianz Arena mm -hmm. in, in Munich. But it's actually better mm -hmm. than what Allianz Arena has. Yep. So it's going to be really cool. I I'm really excited to see it. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's excited to get out there. Let's take a short break, guys. Grab another round of beers and then come back and talk about the next game coming up against KC. Podcast. Had to get a break, get a couple beers. Uh, Dave and Dave, what are you drinking? So uh, I have the the Summer Vice, which is yes. a half of Vice. Good. It's it's really good. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd put it on the Hacker Shore half of Vice. Good for Minnesota. Though. It, it's a fantastic half of Vice for the states. Yes. Okay. I, I would highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Dave, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, the Descent. It's a uh, it's a stout. I guess technically a dark ale. I, I really like it. It's the first time I've tried it. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. usually a fan of stouts or dark ales like this one. And, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I got I went with the size four, which is an India Session Ale, which is fantastic. So, what do you think separates it? What makes it a Session Ale? I mean, well, it's, I know what it makes a Session Ale. Well, it's lower. What makes it different from the lower? Island? It's lower uh, alcohol content. Okay. A little less hop. It's got some hops to it, but not as much okay. hops. So is it more uh, like a pale? Yeah. But Maybe even, extra pale? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's the thing is, it's a what I call a crusher, which means that you can have a lot of these and be right, right. completely fine. See, that not to take away from Steel Toe, but um, Surly's Extra Citra. Yes, is what I consider a crusher. Yeah, it's, it's like it's got this, a good hop level, but it, you could just. This is what I mean. Pretty much, this is what this is. This is like a ci extra yeah. citra pale. Cool. That's what it is. So let's get back into it, guys. Let's talk a little bit about the World Cup. Um, I was going to say we're going to talk about the game coming up against KC. We already kind of talked about that. Playing tomorrow at one o'clock here at TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, but let's get into the World Cup a little bit. So we talked a little bit previously about the odds. We talked about that sheet that Johnny had sent us saying Germany had the best odds to win it. Also, that Italy had 1.6, which is not possible because they're not in the damn thing. They were the so, last one, too. Uh, last yeah. one. On the list? No, they were like in the middle of the list. Oh, they were in the middle. Yeah, they were like 10 down. I guess I didn't open the which image. Like, I just looked at the... Because it's a glaring mistake. Yeah. If whoever, that, that investment bank I put together, I can't remember the name of it was, I wouldn't go for them for banking now because that's a glaring mistake. <laughs> you know? So Dave's got the odds up here uh, off of uh, Bavada. And so who's number one, Dave? Germany, as you said. Germany, Germany is, is one. going off at what? The, actually, they're co-favorites uh, with Brazil. With Brazil, okay. So they're both at plus 450, meaning if you bet $100, you'd win 450. Okay, okay. Which is the best odds. Okay. And they're followed by, you know, Spain, France. They're kind of the second tier favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, at plus 600, plus 700, respectively. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to drop off a little bit from there. Because then you go Argentina and Belgium, good teams. 
but they're you know they're getting that plus nine hundred plus eleven hundred range, and then okay. from there there's another drop off, and then it's the England, Portugal's, Uruguay's, Croatia's of the world. So Mexico, where's yeah, Mexico? Mexico is actually to me I, I kind of like that. If you want a value bet, you're at plus eight thousand. Holy Meaning shit! Meaning if you bet a hundred dollars, you'd win eight thousand dollars. So <laughs> I, I kind of like that as a value bet. So I bet ten bucks, I win eight hundred. Correct. So Damn. if I put a twenty twenty dollar bet on Switzerland, what's what are my odds? Let's see what's Switzerland. Let me find there. They're probably in that Mexico range somewhere. Um, really Switzer- oh, Switzerland is plus 10000 oh. So you, if you put $20 down, you'd win five, uh, 5000 Wow. That math, right? That's yeah. worth it. You can put some advertising in this podcast. No, I'm sorry. It's easy math. It's $2,000. Oh, $2,000. You still put advertising. Minnesota math. Minnesota math. Sorry. sorry yeah. On the spot. Still, that's a pretty good return. So, I mean, but, <laughs> so, of course, everybody's a lot of people are picking Germany. Of course. Because they're the reigning champions. And the group, I mean, the this year, I'm not, you know, Brazil's up there. But after Brazil and Germany, I'm just not hearing a lot about other teams, you know. Yeah. Those I'm, two, yeah. that's it. And then the next favorite, the third favorite is Spain. But I'm a little worried about Spain. Obviously, in 2010, they shut everybody down. Yeah. And, and won handedly, you know. But uh, what about, Latin, you know, 2014? Mm-hmm. They had a terrible World Cup. So I, I, I'm a little worried about Spain, even though they're a fairly heavy favorite. Yeah. I, I, my whole, I, I don't think I would pick them as a No. I think they only like five. Like Spain, like Germany, I think didn't lose during qualifying. Maybe no. they lost their first. No, I don't think they did. I think they're one of those. They're one of the teams that didn't? Yeah. Okay. And if they did, they only maybe lost one. I think it's close. Well, for me, I don't know. I guess for me, it's like all I hear about is Brazil and Germany. So those are the two I have to kind of go with. Right. I'm not going Germany because I don't like Germany. I'm going to go with Brazil. I, I still think Belgium's got it. Solid, solid. Chance. What's it, what are their odds? They're plus eleven hundred. They're, they're the sixth favorite yeah. in yeah. that order, so they're up way up there. Um, you know, and France has a super talented squad too. But on paper, I think for Belgium and France are way better than Spain. Yeah, I, it's interesting that their odds are so high. I feel bad for England. You know, I, I do because they, they have some great young players. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can't put it together in the World Cup. So there was an an interview with Rio Ferdinand. I don't remember who did it. Um, it was just in the last couple of days. Yeah. He said that he was part of that golden generation. Sure. And he said that what he thought was the reason that that golden generation didn't win a World Cup was because the the rivalries within England mm-hmm. make it too difficult for players to actually play with each other. Really? And what I thought was interesting is that uh, Frank Lampard had a, a similar interview with, uh, I think it was BT Sport, um, earlier in the week. And he said almost the exact same thing. So, to me, that says, okay, you have two of those players from the exact same generation. Mm-hmm. Was on that exact team that was should have, on paper, blown everyone well, away. Yep. Saying, look, the rivalries within the Premier League ruin the national team. Hmm. And so I think maybe there's something to that. Well, let's let's look into that a little bit. I mean, Premier League. So that's so. So your thought? I mean, Premier League is the top, the upper echelon of the soccer leagues in the world. I mean, they, oh yeah, you can oh, make yeah. an argument they are the top league yeah. in the world. Okay, so saying that the rivalries between those guys because they're playing those teams cause them not to play good in the World Cup is interesting because 
You look at a team like France. Well, France's league, not as competitive as England's league. Germany's league, competitive, but not to the standards of Premier League. Right. Italy's league, Serie A, not as competitive as, you know, the English team. So, right. I guess what you're saying, I mean, could be right. And then you look at, like, Brazil, I mean, their league, half those guys, half their top players don't even play in Brazil's league. Oh, yeah, leagues. they're all in Europe. They're all in Europe. You know, and, it, and that's, the, that's the thing. You don't see English players outside of England. I mean, I'm sure there are. Yeah. I mean, David Beckham was in Spain for a while and who, in the U.S. Who came to the so, – who's uh, – uh, Frank Lampard was in the U.S. But now there's uh, – what's his name came in? It's coming too. Uh, from England. Who is it? Uh, the uh, – oh, what's the guy's name? The ball guy. Can't think of his name. He's coming to the U.S. An England player that's bald. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not bald anymore. He oh, he's not. Get some nice hair replacement. Oh, Rooney. You're, you're yeah. talking Rooney. 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 Hair plus. Rooney. Hair plus. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Rooney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's I coming mean, to the U.S. Yeah, and it, actually, uh, part of the golden generation, Ashley Cole, plays in L.A. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're all in their retirement phase now. Sure. Right? If they were England players, you know, 25 to 30, that nice mm-hmm. prime range, the vast majority of them are in. Yeah, I mean, if they're good, they're yeah, good. yeah, yeah. And so for me, I think that that argument makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at you look at the golden generation, and you think, okay, so Frank Lampard, John Terry, Chelsea, mm-hmm. uh, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Wayne Rooney, David Beckham, or at that point, all Manchester United. Yep. Uh, I mean, two major rivals. Yep. You've got uh, Steven Gerrard, mm-hmm. who uh, was at Liverpool. Oh, wait, he was in the U.S. too. That's right. He, he was. in yep. L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, he, him and Frank Lampard were the exact same position. Yeah. yeah. But everyone knew you can't have one or the other. You have to have both. Both. So yep. it screwed up the entire midfield. Yeah. Then you have Paul Scholes, Manchester United. I mean, you had a root of players who were – Easily the best in their position yes. in the world. To this day, I don't think there's a, a midfielder better than Lampard, Gerard, or Scholes. They all played the exact same position, basically. That's the problem. And it, they tried to get them all to fit at some point in time. Couldn't do it. And it didn't, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, Ashley Cole, again, he, uh, he was Arsenal then, then <laughs> Chelsea. You know, you just have a really solid core, and they all play for the top four teams. Yep. And those top four teams are massive rivals. Not because not because they're a derby team necessarily, mm-hmm. because they're just the top four and they're always challenging for the championship. I think may, there's probably some pretty good valid points in that argument. Well, so, you, I mean, come back to it. So, they had a wealth of talent, couldn't put it all together. Now it's kind of passed them by. Yeah. Can their younger guys then get past that because they have I don't know the names but I know they have some really good yeah, younger um, players that you know if they can work together they could make a run I, I haven't paid close attention to their roster I know that they released it a couple days ago but on the flip side of that then if if they're the greatest rivalry in MLS there's not really any rivalries in MLS then why can't our guys play better together <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you know I, I think to step away from that 
the England roster yet. Mm-hmm. I think the big issue with the United States is one coaching. Yes. I mean, well, we, who do we have for coaches? You know, we had Bob Bradley. He never coached international. No. Nope. Um, we had Klinsman. Then we had Klinsman, who coached internationally, but he was a completely different. But person. We talked about this pre-podcast. There was a great article on SI about Klinsman. They did a little interview with him about. Does he have any regrets about coaching the United States team and them not making the World Cup, you know, this year and all that type of stuff? And he said he wouldn't do it any differently. He'd do it all the same. He believes that when he was fired, they were kind of going through a lull, but they were going to come back and make the World Cup. And he believes, of course, that they fired him way too early because he was just getting kind of things going. Right. And they were going to do it, but every team goes through a lull. Um, he did some... Some interesting points about MLS and how he believes that the United States will never be a big player on the international scene because of the way the MLS is set up. Because their schedule is not the same as what is in Europe. You know, they don't play as long. Um, they don't have uh, the league set up, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, it well, going up and down the. Uh, yeah, relegation. Yeah, relegation. relegation. Yeah. They don't have relegation in, this, in MLS, so you can't. He, well, his statement was. Guys, they get to the MLS and like, well, I don't have to play that hard because we're not going to get relegated. You right. know, my team's not getting relegated, so there's no reason for me to play any harder than, than there is. I mean, he's got a valid point, you know. Because sure. if you look at the relegation, if there was relegation in MLS, I mean, think about it. You'd have teams dropping down every year and coming up every year. I mean, because it's so yeah. fluid. Yeah, I think, you know, I like promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I buy into the argument that it makes the league better. But you play harder. Maybe. I, I'm trying to be the devil's advocate. But I mean, but, but you look at it. But you look at okay, you come into uh, okay, let's say you come into the last okay, let's use Minnesota United as an example, okay? Sure. You come into the last game of the season, you have to win that game in order to stay in MLS. Right. Or drop down in the NASL or whatever league they have right. below it. Wouldn't your guys be playing their flipping hearts out to stay in MLS? Yeah, I mean, that argument certainly makes sense. But in the middle of the season, does that argument make sense? You know, for me, I look at, I think the benefit to the playoff structure and no relegation Mm -hmm. is that you have something to fight for all season long. Yeah. Uh, Where the relegation battle, a lot of times that fight doesn't start until game 33 of the season. Sure, sure, sure. Or maybe even like 38 of the very last game. Where the playoffs, you have that playoff line. Mm-hmm. And so all season you're working toward that playoff. playoff yeah. Now, obviously, maybe there's there's an answer inside this where it's a combination of the two. Sure. Uh, you know, I think Mexico, I think, has playoffs for relegation, I believe. But we're missing a big key point in getting relegation in the United States is we don't have enough big teams to do that. Well, that's also true. Uh, we can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't relegate an MLS team down to, like, an NASL and have the Tampa Bay Rowdies come up from wherever right. and play in their stadium and MLS. You can't do that, right. you know? You know, and it, I think that's – my position on, on relegation is I would be more than happy to see it in the United States, but I don't think it's going to happen in the no. next 20 years. No, no. I think, you know, as the USL, which I presumably believe will be the next tier. Yes. Um – as USL grows, their tendencies are way up. Um, I read an article about how they 
broke attendance records already. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, their attendances are up. Their stadiums are getting better. So there's definitely that that foundation growing. But each of those teams would have to have at least a fifteen thousand person stadium. At Without least, that. at least. So you'd have to have them all have at least fifteen thousand person stadium. They'd all have to be MLS ready right. to be relegated, you know, yeah. or to, to be promoted. And then you also have the problem, owners in the MLS, who aren't used to yeah. being dropped down a league right. and having to deal with that. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest, that'll be the biggest obstacle. Because the United States doesn't have that concept. Hmm. So, whether it's an owner perspective, or it's a casual fan perspective, because I think mm-hmm. most strong fans of MLS teams follow leagues outside of the United States. Yeah, yeah. So they understand the concept. But those casual fans are the ones that are going to be the biggest issue. And if you look at, for instance, Allianz Arena, you have 14,500 season ticket holders. Yep. Stadium holds 19,400. You have, you have 3,900 seats that have to sell outside of season tickets. Mm-hmm. So what happens with those 3,900 seats? Well, at least half of them, and I would bet 75% of them, are those casual fans yeah. that, you know, they, they like being outside. They like going to a game. Mm-hmm. It's an inexpensive opportunity to just, you know, hang out and have a yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Those gr- that group of people, you have to get them to understand the concept that, sure, they got relegated, but it's still professional sports. That's right. There's still the same team, yeah. still the same players, basically the same quality. Mm-hmm. And they might go back up next year. Maybe, yeah. But you have to get them to understand that because when they say, when you, when you say that they go down a level or down a league, they immediately think, well, baseball is minor leagues. Yeah. AAA players aren't the same as major baseball. No. Or, you know, the football, NFL doesn't even have a minor league. No. And if they're not a hockey fan, they don't understand lower leagues if they're not an NBA fan well I guess the G League they do have G League yeah mm-hmm. um, so you have to and it, but that's the thing how many casual sports fans mm-hmm. understand the concepts of the lower leagues outside the fact that these people aren't professionals so then do you think MLS would be better off doing a instead of doing a relegation promotion type deal do you think it would be better off just doing like minor leagues like saying okay well United have an affiliate and they are in the, you know, USL or whatever it is, and that's their minor league affiliate, and you can bring guys up and down, kind of like baseball, kind of like basketball, kind of like hockey, do it that way. Yeah, you know, if, if I had an idea, and that would be part of it, my plan would be you bring in another, what, well, we're at 23 teams. Next year we'll be at 24. Mm-hmm. Then we're bringing in Miami at 25 and two more teams. So we'll be at 27. So we'll be at, yeah. Well, so it'll be 28 because we're not going to do it. Yeah. Odd yeah. So bring somebody else, it'll be at 28. My theory would be you go up to 30. Okay. And you split the league. Okay. And you do MLS 1 and MLS That's 2. two. All right. So all the owners have paid their 100 million, whatever. Mm hmm. And now you have relegation within your league. Okay. And 
if you if you have affiliates and you have affiliates in USL. Okay. And that's how the affiliates are now. Yeah. Um, and it, that's how I would do it because okay. you you cut down on that that ownership um, dislike of mm-hmm. inserting all this money in and losing out. But then you only have fifteen teams in each league. Which I think is fine. I mean, it would obviously be better to maybe get up to 32. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, most leagues are generally 18. But are there 32 markets Markets we, in the United States that are going to take soccer? Or the United States and Canada? You know, cause well, we can't Canada go, now has the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, but we can't, we can't go into Mexico. Right. So we have United States and Canada. Ideally, we should just take over Mexico. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. I mean, you, That's just, just, you not, just pull no. Liga MX no, into No, no, no. We're not doing that. Um, They're building the wall, by the way. Yeah. He's, I think he's talking from a soccer perspective. Yeah. Not well, I'm you, not but, talking not. political or governmental. But, but I'm telling you, they're right. building a wall. Yes, we, no. th- that would never happen with Trump. It, that would be, that would could, be you ma- could you imagine the backlash that would happen if we took over the Mexican Soccer League and the guys would cross the border and Trump would be like, are they documented? They They'd never be able to get by. They'd never be able to get by. They'd like sneak across on a bus. Yeah. Are there 32 markets in the U.S.? I think there are. I mean, you know, I don't know that I was ever fully convinced that Minnesota was a good market. And it, it appears yeah. No, that it is. I always... I, I'm, I've been in Minnesota my whole life. I've always known Minnesota was a great soccer market. And the reason why is because when I was a kid, there was the kicks... There was the Strikers. They've had soccer around here for a long time. The reason those things didn't work is because the ownership and the leagues they were in were totally insolvent. I mean, they were terrible leagues. But as a kid, everybody who didn't play baseball played soccer. And I played soccer for seven years. And there was a lot of youth soccer going on back then. It's the largest. And then when we got the... What was it it before United? was uh, Well, it was the Stars. The Stars. The Thunder. That was still huge up in Blaine. That was yeah. still a big thing. So, and we have a ton of immigrants here from Africa, from Latin Mex- America. Latin America. So it was always going to be a big thing to get here. And I right. think it shows that you know we sold all the season tickets out for the new field. Right. That we're going to have a great a great fan base. Yeah, I mean, I think you know if you're talking thirty two markets, you've got to bring Milwaukee into conversation. I don't think Milwaukee's a soccer city. Milwaukee, uh, no, no. You know, Charlotte has a team, but their attendance isn't very high. But Col- I heard Columbus is going to lose their team. Columbus is good, probably going to lose their team. Yeah. And they've never, I mean, they've only had a handful of seasons in their existence where mm-hmm. they've actually been close to sell out mm-hmm. for average attendance. So they've never really been a good market. Um, so let's, what, let's think about, let's just brainstorm some areas you think should have soccer. I mean, so Milwaukee, potentially, but probably potentially, not. Probably. Cleveland. Cleveland could do it. Could Detroit, Detroit could do it. Detroit could do it. Um, um, I mean, I think Chicago could have second. Uh, yeah. Because if could. it's downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would work. Or the north side. Or the north side. Yeah. Which, there's a USL club mm-hmm. that's planning going in on the north side. Let's put a soccer team in Minneapolis. Let's do St. Paul, Minneapolis. Do a little rivalry action. It'd be interesting. <laughs> that was that put, would be interesting. That was put the base so bad, though. 
Yeah. I mean, one team's enough. We yeah. can't split the base. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think... Duluth could get one. Tampa could do it. Tampa could. Miami, of course, is going to. You know, Sacramento, you wouldn't think could, but they'd be fantastic. How There's about... There's big elephant in the room here. Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, the weather... The weather can be a that, but yeah. you'd have to do indoor. You have to do indoors. I suppose you could. You'd have to do a retractable roof on that one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, Phoenix is the same way. Phoenix, you know, you can do the same. But Vegas could uh, work. Let's yeah. talk about Vegas a little bit. Vegas, that, that really could work. We talked. Vegas has a USL team. We talked. We, we talked year. about betting, and now the big news came out: the Supreme Court actually decided to, you know, tear yeah. down the law that says you can't bet in the United States. So, putting a team in Vegas. Is not going to be, you know, as bad as everybody thinks it's going to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I think so. First off, congratulations to the Supreme Court for understanding what federalism is. Yeah, exactly. That's my right. political point for yeah, the here you go. podcast. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think people have always been concerned, even with the NFL talk. Yeah. It was well, betting. Well, they were concerned about concerned about yeah. the NHL too, yeah. the Golden Knights. Concerned about the betting problems yeah. with that. And so if we're going to get rid of that now, if we're going to say any state can do legalized uh, sports betting, right. then why can't – so MLB, NBA, MLS can all put teams in Vegas. Yeah. That's a huge market. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, – I, I mentioned USL already has mm-hmm. a Vegas team. Well, this year was the first year. Um, I haven't checked to see what their attendance is. But um, – I think the climate's the big one. Yeah. You know, Phoenix does pretty well. Um, all their games, I think, are always evening, mm-hmm. which they have to be. Yeah. I mean, right. Or Chattable Roof. Right. Um, yeah, you know. I, New Orleans? Is New Orleans a good team? Maybe. I mean. I think you have to start looking at, at uh, income demographics. Yeah. So, Especially in the South. Well, so you're going to push. Here's the thing with income demographics. You're going to, of course push East Coast first mm-hmm. because that's where everybody thinks of. Then you're going to go West Coast because that's where everybody yeah. thinks of next. And then you're going to go middle of the country. Right. So you you might, I mean, we might have 30 teams. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, essentially we just counted out uh, 25. Mm-hmm. So you just need another five, seven. Five, seven, five or seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think St. Louis could do it. Yeah, I don't know. St. Louis is a big baseball town, man. Huge baseball town. You know, they haven't... They've been in the running. They were in the running for a team with Minnesota. Yeah. And they, they got beat up. It, it's really hard to tell. When you when you look at a market like Atlanta, mm-hmm. no one thought Atlanta was going to be a market like they yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. Everyone assumed that they'd be a good market, but the way that they are, the way that they're... You know, forty plus thousand a game. That's a, uh, you know, that's that's huge. So maybe a market like New Orleans or a market like St. Louis or but you know they might actually work out. I guess St. Louis would work out. You, I think you have to. You also have to look at markets that you're not competing with any major other major sports. Yeah. New Orleans would be a good one because yeah, because they only they have, have basketball. baseball and basketball. They don't have baseball. Football. I mean, they have football, football and baseball. basketball. Um, St. Louis again probably be okay bas- baseball and hockey right um, Minneapolis I, when we got the team here in Minneapolis I was a little concerned because yeah we have everything we have everything here yeah. plus not only do we have everything we also have a major university and we have a lacrosse team 
and we have the and we have an M WNBA team. It's true, we do. Which takes a lot of summer. And the major university, the golfers are actually pretty good at all their sports, right, Dave? I would say so. Yeah, I'd say some so. people might disagree. <laughs> I heard no. Really? It's, it's funny. Uh, no, it's, really? it's, it's, it, it's funny. I heard an argument years ago. I heard an argument said you know that Minnesota has all the four major sports teams, plus a fifth major sports team. And the guy on the, I think it was on the radio saying, "Well, what's the fifth one?" He's like, "Well, it's the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers." And the dude laughed. He's like, "Major? Come on, major." He's like, "Well, they're good at baseball and softball, and hockey." He's like, "Are they good in football and basketball?" Well, you know, they're kind of... Yeah. But they're always going to be big draws. Of course, Football, it's big, big 10 is a big draw. Well, right, and you know, that's the cool really? thing about college sports. Is <laughs> mm -hmm. You can suck and you're still going to draw. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what I was saying, though, is we have, you, also, you have to look at markets that right. don't have another huge sports team right. in them to kind of go with. And, you know, I think there, there are other small, really small markets. Minot, North Dakota. No. <laughs> no, that's too small. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more along the lines of like Oklahoma City. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, we have Omaha, Omaha, do uh, Omaha, Madison. You know, Madison's I mean, tough though. Well, the problem with Madison is there are a lot of. I almost made a political thing. Yeah, there uh, there are a lot of uptight uh, kind uh, of yuppie-ish. Plus, they got the Badgers. They don't need anybody else. Yeah. But now, a side note, we do not have enough time to talk about. Uh, Madison is in the running for Minnesota's affiliate. Really? Yeah. And it's a rumor, so that's why I'm not really going to devote any time to it. Okay. But apparently, there's an ownership group interested in a team, USL team in Madison, and there have been unconfirmed conversations between Minnesota United and Madison. Okay, I'm going to just say something here that ticks me off a lot. If you're going to get an affiliate team, why not put in Duluth or Rochester? Uh, there's a strategic point to this. So, Major League Soccer, and now we're going to end up devoting time to this, uh, Major League Soccer has a, a regional regional talent right. Okay. Yeah. So, if Minnesota puts their affiliate in Madison, any talent that comes from Wisconsin... Minnesota has first dibs. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's coming out of the cornfields and cheese factories of Wisconsin who's going to play in soccer? Ethan Finley was from Wisconsin. Okay, okay. It's I one. mean, he was born that's here. One, that's he was one. born here. That's but one. He's from that's Wisconsin. One. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't pay attention. They, I, it might have to. I mean, they, you know, the Gophers don't have a, a men's soccer team, so they might have that's to. That's true. Wisconsin. Well, I'm just saying. It's... I mean, so the, 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 the reality is, is that right now Wisconsin is part of Chicago's. Okay, okay. So if Minnesota put an affiliate in Wisconsin, they'd steal that region from Wisconsin. we just Chicago. put an affiliate in California then? Well, we can't. Sorry. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose Iowa would be an option too. Um, again, who's, right. who's coming from Iowa though? I mean, I, it's football. I, again, it's one of those things where, okay – Put an affiliate in Madison, you get some Madison talent. So you might get one good soccer player every five right. years, maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. And I would much rather no. road trip to see an affiliate in Duluth or Rochester than go all the way to Madison. Yeah. But you know, climbing Duluth, they have a team in Duluth though. They do. Which yeah. They just lost in the Open Cup. They lost in the Open Cup. They did. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe. 
Well, is Far- a good market. Rochester is a good market too. Fargo. Then we get Fargo's North, then we get, good market. Then we get North Dakota people though. I think they're already. Can we uh, teach them how to play soccer up there? I think they're already a region. Are they really? I think so. so we have North Dakota and South Dakota. Yeah. Okay. All right. And actually, Iowa might be our region. Right. I'm not sure. Well, Dave's been to Idaho. How about Boise? Is Boise a good market? I'd, I'd like to say yes. It's a it's a nice place, but I don't, I, I don't see it honestly. Okay. I I think I've heard that there there's an ownership group that's interested. In Boise. It really in Boise? Yeah. Well, the, the the attractive thing I suppose about Boise is is they don't have any professional sports. Their big thing is Boise State. Yeah, Boise State football. Yeah, but yeah. they don't have any of the major sports. So if they could get a professional franchise, there might be mm-hmm. some interest. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose in that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you've got Spokane too. Yeah. Is it Spokane? Yeah. Spokane. Yeah, yeah. They don't pronounce it right. I don't, I don't know. I, my whole thought is if we can expand it, great. But we shouldn't be – we shouldn't expand too fast. Right. And, it, and my argument is that if you're going to do relegation, expand Major League Soccer and do it within Major League Soccer. Yes, exactly right. Now, you might be open to more antitrust lawsuits than what they already are part of. But mm-hmm. – you know, I, I think that's the that's the easiest way to deal with yeah relegation. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just relegation, no relegation. It's it, we don't know yet. I so, mean, sorry, side note. Do we want to keep going? And I mean, I can split this into two parts. No, nah, I think we're good. Because I mean, you know, there are a lot of podcasts. There what now? There are a lot of podcasts that do two parts. Nah, I think we've got everything we wanted to talk about. Sure. I'll just end it. Sure. Right. I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't think there is anything else. Right. Anything? Guys, so. got anything else to talk about? Nothing? All right. I guess not. Well, I think we're going to end it there. Uh, again, we're at Steel Toe Brewing in St. Louis Park. They have graciously allowed us to take this podcast on their new patio, which everybody should come out and check out. It's not a great day today because it's kind of a little cloudy. and you know. Yeah. But when summertime hits, there will be a lot of people out here. Um, Again, this has been Tony, Dave. Yeah, the lights are nice. This has been Dave and Dave. um, And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yep.